0: The
1: Potential
0: Podcast! Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks.
1: Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-host, And fellow movie producer, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the biographical drama miniseries, The Offer. This was out on Paramount+. And this is all about the development and production of what is considered one of the best movies ever made, The Godfather. So this is all a cool behind-the-scenes making look. But this is not meant to be documentarian style, although it's definitely historical it's a bit of that Hollywood style of what went on beyond the scenes between the producers, the writer, the director, the actors to make the Godfather, especially with the influence of the mob. Uh, And Taylor, I think you and I were both big fans of the Godfather series. We do consider it one of these classic, all great movies. This is a fun look to see like what it took to make the film because it was no, uh, it was no picnic. Uh, So Taylor, you know, what were your thoughts going into this series? Because, The format could have easily been a little bloated with let's make some scenes that are more dramatic than need be to get to the final product. What were your thoughts being a a fan of The Godfather and how the show was going to ultimately go about telling the making of the of the movie?
0: Well, having, you know, between the two of us, I think, you know, I'm definitely the Godfather aficionado, if you will. So I had really high expectations for this, knowing, you know, everything that's gone in the film, I was I'd done prior research to even knowing that the series was going to come about. So I really wanted it to be dramatic if need be, just realistic as possible. You know, it was also really interesting or interested, excuse me, to find out what the casting was going to be like, like who was going to be in it, were they going to show scenes from the film, was it all going to be all behind the scenes? Um, and I was looking forward to being surprised and maybe some things that I didn't really know about that had you know, been well-documented, and just to kind of see how it came about. I was very pleasantly surprised about a lot of things that uh, I didn't expect. And uh, overall, you know, I think for a limited series, you know, 10 episodes, I was really impressed. I thought they did a very, very good job to not only set the stage and the tone for the time period of movie making, but also just to show you how much went into this film that I think a lot of people took for granted.
1: Yeah, I totally I totally uh, agree with you. This show was very entertaining, not only because it is some great great actors, and we'll get to that in a second of uh, who play these these various characters, uh, many of which are the behind the scenes people that made this movie possible. But there's also elements of the show where you kind of see where real life becomes the movie. We see the elements that maybe inspired some of the choices for the movie itself. Of course, all of this was set uh, from the book written by Mario Puzo, who at this point in time it had become the most popular book, like sold apart from the Bible, it had most sales. So it was a very high uh, commodity. And you also see like, this is the time era where a lot of studios were not always considering books to be adapted into a screenplay. Or notably, if it was going to be that case, you don't hire the writer of the book to then pen the screenplay because they wrote a book that's, you know, 1,000, thousand, two thousand pages long, how on earth are they going to put that down to a, what is typically going to be an hour and a half to two hour movie? And The Godfather, of course, is nearly three hours long. So I love that the, the show kind of had these elements where you see key scenes that you're like, oh, that's definitely a little bit of a vibe from that scene in the actual Godfather movie. So whether that actually happened or not in the time period of this, you know, you know when it was making a movie. If it's a little flair for the entertainment side, I kind of like that there was a bit of a mesh between maybe a little bit of fiction meets a little bit of historical. And there's definitely a lot of comparisons of what happened in real life to what happens in the movie. On top of that, it's just there's something about Hollywood in this time era where you're seeing like Paramount is, is doing well, but also they're almost on the verge of like one more mess up and they could be done. And you see how Much goes into the stress and anxiety, uh, especially for our main character of Ruddy, uh, the producer who this is his first big film uh, to produce. And this is a guy that basically pitched Hogan's Heroes on a whim and the studio allowed him to make that show. So you're seeing a guy who really has a lot of heart for, for doing this project, but at times because of even some scary moments with the real life Mafia, he's almost putting his life on the line sometimes to get this movie made. And I think there was a lot of that, that you kind of forget that there was a lot of dangerous stuff going on with the actual mafia in New York and New Jersey almost planning to put this movie down, not wanting it to happen because they didn't want, you know, they didn't want the idea
0: of the mob or the gangsters in a bad light uh, in Hollywood. Up until that point, I don't think mafia was a huge thing that was advertised. There was gangster films whatever. They were kind of denying that the mafia didn't exist. And so before this film came out, just because it was based on the book and people who read the book, they were worried that how the book was portrayed, this is like how the movie so people were, you know, boycotting this movie before it was made. So it's kind of interesting. It does mirror what's today. Oh, we hear about this movie coming out. You know, you have a lot of groups that oh I'm gonna boycott it before I haven't seen the final product. So you see, but to think that there was like literally lives were being threatened over this film. And it was like, um, you know, Ruddy and his, and his you know team and, and writer, you know, with working with Puzo and Coppola, you know, he was dedicated, like we're going to make this film made. And it was kind of interesting how he was the life imitated art where he was kind of his own little godfather and he was the puppet master pulling the strings. So it was it was again, you're saying to those nods of the film where kind of, OK, there is a little bit of. Where's the fact? Where's the fiction? But it was not over dramatized. Where it was just the right amount of like tongue in cheek. Where I was like, "Oh, I like I like that little reference there."
1: Yeah, it was not beating it over the head. It wasn't trying to be, like, "Oh, wink, wink." There's that scene you know from the movie. It was uh, a, a well done overall. And of course, big shout out to uh, the writers and director of this whole thing because it was fantastic. But the star vehicle of this whole show is of course your actors telling the story. Uh, led by Miles Teller, who we've, of course, just praised in Top Gun Maverick. He's having quite a year, and this role of Albert S. Ruddy was incredible. Uh, and it's also cool to see that, you know, the actual Albert S. Ruddy, who's, of course, still with us, is an executive producer on the show. Uh, but again, this is like his first big movie. Can you imagine if your first big movie is The Godfather? Holy moly, what, uh, what an ordeal. Uh, and I love that he really was kind of like the straight man in this, in that he is running the ship. But there's so many things where he, he, he has the dangerous side going on with the mob, he is dealing with his own love life, and then you got these wild card characters that actually not only run the studio but finance the studio. Uh, definitely the star MVP of this show, Matthew Good, as Robert Evans, Bob Evans, who was the head of Paramount for a long time. The, the way that you know, Matthew Good is a, a British actor, and we've loved him in so many things. This 1960s Hollywood style talk accent he had was just fantastic. He's so enjoyable to watch. He was magnetic just
0: and he had this like nasal like ah Bebe
1: ah, Babe. What are you like Emmy? You- he he needs to be nominated for an Emmy for this yeah. role because yeah that's the way he'd be like it, it really reminds you of that era where it's like uh well this movie's never gonna work. Well let me tell you it is gonna work and it's gonna work because we got the best stars, we got the best writers. You know it's like that old Hollywood timey which you really feel could easily have been quite uh uh you know a caricature.
0: Yeah, it could have been more played for laughs, which it was not.
1: Which I think there's natural comedy in some of the stuff he does and some of the responses, but it comes off just very natural. And I thought he was a uh, uh, fantastic and you got what is considered his boss because who funds the whole studio? Uh Burn Gorman, who we just watched in Halo, is a completely different character. Charles Bluehorn who is like the head of uh, what's it G&W, right? Uh and wow, just he had this kind of slight German accent to him, the kind of smirk he's always drinking, and the way he just really has a, 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 a you. I have the money, but the money has to be used wisely. And this this movie originally had a budget of like $4 million. it had to go to almost $7 million to be made <laughs> uh, with, with his right hand man of uh, Colin Hanks playing Barry Lapidus. Uh, I thought it was fantastic casting with that. And then you have, yeah, Dan Fogler as Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, I loved him in this. He was so... And he he looked very almost like spot on, like uh, the actual Francis Ford Coppola.
0: Well, and Dan Fogler has really come into his own play more dramatic, and he's always been very obnoxious comedy. But he does a very good job of showing the passion of Francis Ford Coppola. Like, I need my Pacino. I need these characters. Like, no, we have to film in Sicily. We got to film in New York. So he was just really... He really showed the passion that Coppola had brought to this project, and um, of course, uh, Patrick Gal played Mario Puzo. It was really great to show the dynamic of them two together, and he was just great to see. I didn't really know much about Puzo, like reading the book and kind of knowing about it, but it was interesting to see their dynamic and how he's like, "I'm a novelist. I'm not a screenwriter." And they're kind of dynamic throughout the you know early parts of the of the film, and then of course, you know when they're like, "Oh, this movie's going to be a hit." let's obviously you know we want a treatment for the sequel and they're already like you know working on this spoiler alert you know there was a sequel
1: (laughs) go back and listen to our episode from season one on the godfather trilogy Uh, we also got in here juno temple playing betty who is uh ruddy's secretary slash kind of helper uh another great fantastic role for her you know we've been so used to her ted lasso this very high-pitched fun energy british you know which accent and now we're going to great american style and she she's a go-getter she kind of actually forces herself into this job and i think there was a great partnership between her and ruddy and you see i think was an important thing for especially for that time era hollywood was such like a you know men run everything i thought it was great that we had this kind of platonic relationship between ruddy and betty it didn't ever come off sexual it came off like she really was a partner in crime for him Uh, In those times when he really needed people to, you know, do his bidding and and get this movie made. And then, you know, with the mob side, we do have Giovanni Ribisi here as Joe Colombo. And I thought he was great in this. This one almost kind of came off a little caricature, but I think it just naturally comes with your playing the Italian kind of mob guy. Uh, And it was interesting to see too, a lot of the history of what actually did happen of the Italian American league and how, You know, what he eventually did to help get this movie made uh, was great to see. And again, I haven't really seen him do much for a while. Oh, that's right. He's also been filming four Avatar sequels. So uh, (laughs) he's been busy. Um, But it was great to see him back in this. And then, you know, again, all this has been mostly the behind the scenes people. I think some fun casting they had with people that were in the limelight. Uh, Frank John, who's playing Frank Sinatra. We have uh, Anthony Ippolito as Al Pacino who was great in this and he came off looking almost very like him as well. Another shout out to Justin Chambers who played Marlon Brando who actually we didn't get enough of in the show. I liked that there was a bit of a flair for him and showing especially how Brando was at the time. I kind of wanted more for him, but it was, but when they would cast these characters that were actors in the show or people on the set, even if it was small parts, I thought there was some great choices of, smart casting people that looked like them had the acting chops down i mean
0: yeah i mean anthony Anthony you know, Ippolito playing al pacino man he had the just the cadence the sound of it yeah al pacino. so there was yeah just i even just these small little moments and these little nuggets so this is this like spoke to the godfather fan of me like oh my gosh that's that person that oh this is how they casted luca brazzi and all these little like little things like that and it's
1: just, yeah, overall, this show was just, it was fantastic. And it's one where, I mean, technically, this is considered a limited series. I don't really think they would go and do like a second season where they show uh, the Godfather part two or even three being made, uh, especially because uh, notably, this is not a spoiler. This is just history. Uh, Ruddy doesn't go on with the Godfather series. He, he finishes it with Godfather. That was his only time with uh, the series. And so it's kind of interesting to see where it leaves off. And I kind of like that it is a journey of of a man going from, you know, uh, how do I get into Hollywood, changing his own stars, gets into Hollywood, gets a job offer to be a producer for the the biggest book in sales, the whole making of it. And then eventually when it does win Best Picture and it's like you've had your heyday, he steps away and and decides to go with a different movie. and He wants to do his own thing. Uh, and just between that, the production value, the way they set this time period made it look very authentic and this awesome cast and the music and the flair of what the Godfather is within the series. This was so good. And I I, I wish we could live more in this world. I wish other amazing movies would get this kind of template of a show of the making of because I know there's been other movies that have had this grand a process of making uh, but for me, it's definitely like a 10 out of 10. I really I really enjoyed this so much.
0: 100%. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Uh, if you, Especially if you are a fan of filmmaking, a fan of history, and a fan of The Godfather, this is the show for you. Um, it just 10 out of 10. You know, chef's kiss to that. Just beautiful, well done. And um, you can watch all 10 episodes streaming now on Paramount Plus of The Offer. And that was this edition of Potential Picks.